Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another splendiferous episode of Club Sandwich. We're using big words today. I'm wow. fired up because it is a glorious day outside. The weather is nice. It is. It's finally not cold anymore. I can wear shorts. Really? I'm wearing I can, shorts. I can loiter about on our campus plaza area. Loiter? Wow. Talk to people. I'm loitering. That's not even okay. You can't do that. Yeah, I'm doing it because okay. it's an awesome day. Wow. Mitchell, how are you today? I'm I'm lovely. I'm I feel like we don't tired. check on each other up enough on this show. I'm tired, tired, stressed, but you know, a lot going on in my life. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to say that in Spanish. Uh, Tú tienes sueño. Sí. I think that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired. I'm learning Espanol, but welcome back to Club Sandwich. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to feels be here. feels like even though we do this on a weekly basis, it feels like it's been a while since we recorded last. It really does. It was only like a week ago. Our... Just each episode leaves such a lasting and monumental impact on c- culture and society that like feels like they should be studied as like eras of history between episodes. So I guess that's why it feels like it yeah. takes so long. Even though you you know when they're gonna happen. You know what else is a scheduled event that you know exactly <laughs> when it happens every Smooth year? Smooth as butter, <laughs> baby. Seamless segue. The the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. This is our world record for actually getting to the topics. Yeah, can you play like the the NFL on Fox theme? Uh, nope, I can't. I don't have it pulled up right now. Okay, so keep talking. But yeah, uh, yeah Super Bowl. It was a. I mean, I know we're technically off by like a week, like we're late by a week, but we're doing the best we can. Okay, it's a big sports event. It happens. Um. I got an ad. <laughs> I was going to play the sound from YouTube, but I got an ad. Um, just imagine it in your head. But yeah, the Super Bowl happened, and that's one of the like most substantial things in American culture that happens every year. Yeah. Like isn't it consistently the most like watched television event like every year? I'm pretty sure, yeah. At least in the states. I do remember reading though, shameless plug for Breaking Bad. I don't know why I'm plugging Breaking Bad. They don't need it. Um, I do remember reading that, like, the season, like, the last episode of Breaking Bad, I think, broke the record and had more people, like, more households watching than the Super Bowl. That's insane. Which is crazy. Yeah. It just goes to show America's culture. They really do love drugs more than anything else. I mean, yeah. Um, it says a lot about society. Club Sandwich does not endorse the use of drugs. Yes. Um, yeah, so, who won? (laughs) Uh, the, the Chiefs beat the... Philadelphia Eagles, 38 to 35. I don't like the Chiefs. Uh, I don't either. I don't really know why. I don't have a particular reason. I think their coach looks like a goobus. He's a big guy. Yeah. He's got a funny mustache. Is it is it Belichick? Uh, Andy Reid is the coach of the Oh, the Belichick Chiefs. is the Patriots guy, right? Yes. Yeah, the one that is. cheated? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Go. Okay. Well, how do you feel? You have more of an investment in football than I ever did or will. I... <laughs> I this was the NFL season I was the most attached from watching. I used to be a huge fantasy football guy in high school, but mm-hmm. I kind of fell out of it because I've been spending a lot more time doing other things. Since Did y'all then. have any like crazy punishments for the guy who lost? We we always talked about doing them, but they never happened. We had rewards for the winner. One year though, we had a loser's punishment in the works, but like it was never agreed upon early enough. So like the person who lost was like, uh. I never agreed to it. And right, it was right. that the loser had to run through a mall before COVID, a mall um, singing Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was going to be That's amazing, awesome. but it, it never happened. 
But oh. outside of that, this year, I didn't care very much about football, um, at least for the NFL. I paid more attention to the college season. But um, I was like, well, you know, the Chiefs win all the time. Right. And the Eagles have a guy from Sanford. So shout out yeah. James Bradbury. Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> um, we should get him on the show. And then they have a few guys that played for Bama. I know I was growing up a Bama boy. So Ew. that 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 was why I was rooting for the Chiefs. And then they lost. So and they lost mm. in like a last second field goal. But I was quote unquote rooting for the Eagles mainly because I was confused and thought it was the Seahawks. And I know my <laughs> I know my dad likes the Seahawks. He you know has your, like a jersey. Your Green Bird teams. <laughs> my Green Bird teams, baby, got them locked down. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I did watch, I mean, more than I kind of thought I would because I don't really care. Like, I know there's all the, like, memes from uh, Middle Class Fancy on Instagram about, like, I don't care about the football game. I'm just here for the snacks and the commercials. Yeah. I don't know why that was goofy. Um, (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's essentially where I was at. Like, I I don't have an investment in either of these teams. I want to see cool commercials and eat. Papa John's. That's um, what I was there for, too. Exactly. Um, but I got to say, I was pretty disappointed by the thing that I was there for. The commercials, like everybody knows, the commercials are a huge part of the Super Bowl. Yeah, That's like, like if I sat down to watch the Super Bowl and it was just two hours of like really high-budget commercials, that would be fun. Yeah. Because they usually go pretty all out for these yeah. commercials. Yeah, it's the premier like marketing thing of the year. Yeah. Like, that's where everyone like spends their advertising budgets for like pretty much that whole quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this like I am a businessman with knowledge of these things. I am completely making this up. It just <laughs> it feels right. And in a way that makes it true. Um but yeah, I was really disappointed by the commercials this year because usually they bring some like some banger commercials to it. Like there's some hits, there's some funny ones, there's like pop culture icons. I mean, do you remember the ma- it was either Doritos or Mountain Dew. It's one of the two, but the Puppy Monkey Baby. Absolutely, I remember the Puppy, puppy monkey, monkey Baby. baby. <laughs> puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Boop. Baby. Boop. Yeah, I, re- I remember the... It may have been a joint thing, because Doritos and Mountain Dew always do like partnership ads. Right. Because they're like, you know, the fuel for gamers right. and whatever. Well, are they both under the same like conglomerate? They it, may be. I mean, Mountain Dew's a Pepsi just, product, and right. Doritos, I believe, are a Frito-Lay pro- product. They may be under, like, the same food distributor, but I- I've known they've always, like, partnered together to do things, so. Right. Well, they, I mean, yeah, they are the Gamer Fuel commercials. Um, but I was just, like, really disappointed by this year. I mean, yeah. it at least it wasn't as obnoxious as, like, Last year, they had uh, Matt Damon doing a cryptocurrency commercial, and they showed it like three times. Yeah, I remember that. And there was like a there's like a QR code, right? Yeah, yeah. There was one. It was like the old DVD logo bouncing around. It's just a Q. I hate QR code commercials. It's they, so lazy. They tried one or two of those this year, and like, make a real commercial. Yeah. I I know I know you were just preying on American households to pick up the little magic box and scan the funny code and see what happens, but. If you show a QR card, like I actually would not scan it out of spite. Yeah, like show me what I'm. You want me to buy? I know some people that uh, they they it was some QR code because it was like some game was advertising some giveaway and someone's like I'll scan it like kind of as a joke, and they did and it just like took them to that like 
uh, like their Twitter page, and they're like, "That's too much effort. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> right. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't care. Whatever you have to give away <laughs> isn't worth it if I have to press more than one button. Yeah, but right. I I agree. I think what I've and I, again, I'm not Mr. Marketing Finance guy, so it's not like I really know anything about what I'm talking about. But it feels like they spend all their budget just having a Super Bowl commercial, and, and so they don't. have less <laughs> to spend on making the commercial <laughs> right, good. Right. At least. I would much rather your Super Bowl commercial be really weird. That just makes yeah. me memorable. Like Puppy Monkey Baby. I've never forgotten Who, that. Yeah, exactly. Who in their right mind was like, this is this is it. This yeah. is going to put Mountain Dew on the map. Yeah, there were so many that were just forgettable this year. And because I try to think about commercials this year, and I don't think of one that I want to wait to talk about. Was it Will Ferrell and Squid Game? Uh, No, 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 no. It was the uh, Breaking Bad one. Yes! I want to talk about that one yes! later. That's a good one. Yeah. But bad ones, like... There was one where it was just like, it was those ones for Pepsi Max with Ben Stiller. Oh, and where it's just acting. like, look, references and celebrities, right. and look, here's other movies, and here's Mister Beast for like half a second, yeah. and it's like it just well, it was because they did Ninja like two years ago. I think. Yeah, it just felt like they just like okay, we want to get a lot of celebrities in here, but we don't have the money to pay them for like full time, <laughs> and then they're like, ah. Uh, ben Stiller did the funny Zoolander face. That's a TikTok meme. You sh- you have to yeah. laugh now. And if it just felt if, a little on my face. I also feel like if you're gonna do any kind of promotional thing where you're getting like an actor to like go through the things they've done, please include one animated movie just because it'd be funnier. Like he should have. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that scared me so that, bad. Okay, I am so sorry, viewers. My phone is connected to the little Bluetooth thing so that I could show stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna go disconnect it real quick. I just got a phone call. Oh my god. Sorry, I am so sorry. Give me a heart attack in the studio because uh, it just blared in my head. Right, right. I was like, what? Your phone is not getting a phone call. You are. I was being raptured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just disappointing. I will say. I love the fact that my queen, Serena Williams, was in not one, but two Super it Bowl It felt like she was in every commercial. It felt like she was in more than two. <laughs> yeah. I remember two, definitely, but, like, it's so nice to be known by the people that you love because I was watching this in, like, the fraternity house, and, like, whenever Serena Williams came on screen, like, eight heads turned around to look at me, and I was like, man, people really know for, know you for who you are. <laughs> it feels good to be loved. Yeah. That's nice. She she is my celebrity crush like all time. That's that's awesome. I I love Serena Williams. She seems really cool. What a hero. I hope it works out for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Uh. She's married with kids, so it probably <laughs> won't. But, you know, and I have a girlfriend. But <laughs> here's hoping. I've made it clear up front that Seren- like should Serena Williams approach me and be like run away with me, Sam, I would be like bet. <laughs> She's like yeah, that's fine. Makes sense. Hey, uh, everyone gets one. Everyone right? gets one. Um, who's your one? I don't. Not to put you on the spot. I don't know if I really have one. If I can, like, I, I genuinely, I'm not. I'm just not very much like a celebrity crush person. Hmm. So, I think, I think it's. I know. I don't want to let down the audience if you want yeah. to hear me say it. Yeah. But you know. Wow. Sorry. Thanks for the awkward lull in the conversation. Now. Yeah. But um. I like yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I wouldn't like run away with that. <laughs> He's a cool guy. He's you just go like get dinner with him. Yeah, he's just funny. Yeah, uh, I'd maybe like cancel plans on someone to hang out with <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, but I would like leave them. That seems fair. That seems fair. <laughs> I just remember anyway. Back to Super Bowl commercials. I remember like the most hyped Super Bowl commercial of all time, 2016, 
the first reveal for Pokemon Go. Yes, dude, that was crazy. That <laughs> shook the world. Yeah. Like, that was insane. Because, like, there had been an announcement of Pokemon Go before that, and everybody's like, that's weird. They're going to try and do, like, Pokemon in the real world? Mm-hmm. What? And, like, that commercial showed, and, like, I was watching it with family friends, so it was, like, me, some people from church, like, a bunch of parents. Like, it was me and maybe, like, one and a half other people in the room cared about Pokemon. Yeah. And that commercial came on, and, like, the room went silent. Like, everyone was watching it, dude. (laughs) It was crazy. Even, like, I remember my dad being like, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Like, what? And then, I mean, talk about something that really did have a lasting effect on, like, culture. I mean, we... Wow, Mitchell just kicked the table we record on. Um, if you want to go hear more about Pokemon Go, go listen to our episode about iPhone games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that trailer was insane and then had, like, it wasn't just like, well, we had a trailer in the Super Bowl, now we're done. Like, mm-hmm. it, it worked. Yeah. And it was obviously one of, like, the most culturally relevant things ever right like, i mean it was it was the top app for a long time that first month when it came out i think it was that july when it came out yes july i think 20 july 2016 16 yeah yeah um was just insane for the world yeah because everyone was doing it they you have had to pokemon the... go to the polls oh my gosh oh i forgot about that <laughs> oh i want to oh man this is this is apolitical but i i will never forget when Hillary Rodham Clinton said, Pokemon, go to the polls. They have to Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> I just never forget that. What a time. Dude. It was insane. Oh, my gosh. That is up there for me with some of my other favorite political moments is, well, of course, not favorite, but just most funny. It's like, well, Donald Trump had one like every other day. And then Joe bing, Biden. Bing, bong. Joe Biden playing Despacito <laughs> to his microphone might be number one for me. That was that was crazy. Or that video um, where he's, he's getting interviewed and sidebar, it's a political discussion. He's getting, he's getting interviewed uh, and he's just like eating ice cream. And they're mm-hmm. like, Joe, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm eating chocolate, chocolate chip. <laughs> and they're like, what would you say to the, you know, the Republicans that say this and this about your policy or whatever? And he just says, I would tell them to go eat some chocolate, chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's the most like unrelated quip ever, but it was just so fun. <laughs> like he puts on like his aviators and walks away like, yeah. <laughs> I love all the like. And then Barack saying, I love memes. I, I love them. That one, that one's really good. Uh, Guys, just want to say, keep it up. I love memes. Barack Barack Obama had a lot of good ones. The one where he's trying to uh, dip the cookie in a glass of milk, and the cookie's too big, uh, and he just like sets it down. And he goes, huh, "Thanks, Obama." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obama is funny, dude. Like, I, he's I know, a funny guy. I know people disagree about like policies and stuff, but like, I will say, he seems of like the presidents. I I don't know why I'm talking like I'm a political expert, but like. To me, he seems like one of the ones who's more aware of, like, I did my job for eight years and, like, people hate me. Some people like me, but, like, I'm just going to play into the memes. Like, I think. Yeah. Like, he's on a he was on a podcast with Bruce Springsteen. Right? Yeah. I don't know if they're still They wrote a that, book together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Obama is, like, as far as presidents go, he's probably one of the cooler ones, like, not in terms of, like, the office. I don't want to make a comment, but, like, just <laughs> as a guy, like, I feel like he and he and Bill Clinton are pretty cool. If you've ever seen that video of old Will Clinton playing the saxophone on that one, like, reality show, 
mm-hmm. it is insane. That's one of the coolest things a president has ever done. Yeah. Up, well, up we, there with like founding a country, probably. There were some un, there was that one uncool thing that Bill Clinton did. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was gonna neglect to mention that one. I did not. Ha- yeah. Anyway, everyone knows it. Well, what's the other cool thing about Super Bowls? Um, it's the halftime show. It's the Thanks halftime show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much you have to say about this, but I just wanted to like. Wait, I have one more. Okay. This is one of okay. my cool president moments. And then, oh. and then I'm done. Go ahead. I'm done. Absolutely. It's, um, again, I don't, I only talk about presidents by how funny or cool I think they are. Club Sandwich has no political affiliation. I, I don't Go. care about what any of them said or what anyone thinks about them. Well, I care, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, is when Ronald Reagan was giving a speech. And I know Ronald Reagan, of course, oh, is a person. It... And a balloon pops. Yeah. yeah. And he just says, missed me. And the whole <laughs> crowd goes crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's so cool, I just dude. love seeing moments where any president, like, just says something that feels like no one wrote that script for right, them. Right, right, like, exactly. And, like, it just feels like they're saying it. Yes. I, I always find those to be my favorite. Yes, but, absolutely. But the Super Bowl halftime show, Ronald Reagan, <laughs> Hillary Clinton, Joe What's Biden. What's more American They never this? did one of those. No. Um, they should have. There should be a President's Day like halftime show. Oh, and they just get like all the living presidents. <laughs> a lot of them played instruments. I feel like. I mean, obviously we've got Billy on the sax, but like, I think, I think a few of them played guitar or something. I never thought I'd hear Bill Clinton called Billy on the sax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's famously been said if it starts with an S and ends with an X, Bill Clinton is good at it. Wow. Um, yeah, the halftime show. Amen. <laughs> the halftime show is a pretty awesome thing, even though it started terribly. I watched a like a long video essay on like the history of the Super Bowl halftime shows, and it like from I think 1967 to like the late 80s, mm-hmm. it just sucked. It was like yeah. it was like a marching band for a while. There was a lot of like Disney trying to take over, and it was just weird. Like, yeah. in my opinion. The halftime show did not start until 1993. Do you know who performed the halftime show in 1993? Um, I'm going to guess Michael Jackson. That is a great guess, and it is Michael Jackson. Yes! <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> we have a winner. Um, yeah, it was insane, dude. If, go watch that show. Go watch all the halftime shows. But, like, Michael Jackson's is wild because he, like, his show starts with a little thing, like, each jumbotron in the corner of the stadium will show a little video of him like teleporting and they hired like a stunt double to dress up as him and he would stand on the top of each like jumbotron and do a little dance yeah they did it like three times so it looks like he has clones or he's just teleporting yeah and then the real michael jackson shows up on the middle of the stage i'm not joking there he stands there for a minute and a half without moving at all and it is uproaring, screaming applause the entire time. <laughs> he he does nothing for a minute and a half, and like people are crying. There, there's literally <laughs> footage of people like crying about it. And he start he starts doing it like he does Billy Jean, and uh, I think he did Black or White, but like that one was insane. Um, then let's see, fast forward a little bit. There's some good ones in there. I haven't seen them all. I've heard Paul McCartney is good. Bruce Springsteen was good. A lot of people say U2 after 9-11 was the best one. I've heard that, yeah. Um, which ones, do you remember seeing any, like, growing up? Yeah, I I, I only remember so many as the ones that were more after I was, like, 10 years old or so. Right. Uh, where I would have, like, watched Super Bowl and somewhat been able to remember it. But yeah. 
I know Michael Jackson, of course, is amazing because, well, one, it's just kind of a given. You're Michael Jackson. You have maybe the greatest stage presence and maybe the greatest discography of, like, any artist ever. Yeah. So, like... I mean, he he did make the highest-selling album of all time. Yeah, and he's, like, Michael Jackson. Like, he's synonymous with music. Yeah. In general. The king of pop, baby. Absolutely. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Sorry. (laughs) I just showed Mitchell a note on his phone, and now he's exasperated. Sam said... Don't talk about the one halftime show that I was going to talk about as the one that I thought was really, really amazing that we hadn't mentioned yet. Well, you could let's talk about it. The Prince halftime show. I was about to say, who is the greatest halftime show there ever has been? If I had to say my personal greatest halftime show I've ever seen, it would be Prince's, which I don't think I actually watched live, but I remember my mom, who loves Prince, my mom has a particular obsession with the artist formerly known as Prince slash Prince. And she was like, you have to watch Prince's halftime show. And him, of course, doing Purple Rain in the rain is maybe like the most legendary football moment ever. And it's a halftime show. It's the whole show start to finish is wild. I mean, I like I have it saved on like a YouTube playlist and I've just watched it over and over again. It I mean, it is the greatest halftime show objectively. Like Sam will kill you. I will kill you you if you disagree with me on this. I mean, okay, I get it. It's subjective, but like, I will say, after the most recent show, I've been reading a bunch of like list rankings, and like every news production made an article ranking them, and Prince is always number one. Yeah, it doesn't get better. He did Learn to Fly, but or sorry, he did Best of You by the Foo Fighters. Um, I think he did a cover of We Will Rock You to open it. He has the huge stage that's, like, the symbol. Yeah. Um, does a bunch of, like, his songs and then finishes with freaking Purple Rain while it's pouring down on him. And he yeah. goes, like, can I play this guitar? And then mm-hmm. starts shredding. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't realize Prince is one of the greatest guitar players ever. Yeah. But people just remember him as, like, a really good songwriter and singer. Like, Michael Jackson type. Mm-hmm. Prince is probably for while he was alive, at least I hold this opinion, one of the most like talented artists. Yeah. In terms of both his vocal range, right. of course, and his like his skill with instruments is songwriting, ridiculous. stage presence. I it, mean, it's he, ridiculous. He is one of the greatest performers of all time. Yeah. Easy. Um well, we talked about the best one. There are some other ones in the middle that I don't necessarily remember as well. I know everybody like Katy Perry left shark, haha. Um <laughs> I think Lady Gaga did one. The Black Eyed Peas did one, and it was kind of bad. Um, a really, really cool one. This is my second favorite behind uh, Prince is Bruno Mars in 2014. Dude, have you seen that show? The Bruno Mars one? Yeah. I've seen uh, – is that with also Beyonce? No, that's 2016 with Coldplay. They were guests. Oh, I hate Coldplay. Um <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I remember the original Bruno Mars one. Dude, it was like this was right when Uptown Funk came out and like Oh uh, yeah. A lot of people didn't think he could do it cuz he was still so young, but like he starts with the drum solo, then they do Locked Out of Heaven, then he like just he's dancing, he's wearing like a sparkly suit, he's like being Bruno Mars. I mean, it feels like Michael Jackson again. He brings out the Red Hot Chili Peppers as his guest and they do give it away. <sighs> Bruno Mars doing Give It Away, it's insane. It is awesome. Um, so that one was really cool. I loved uh, 2020, I guess 2022, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, 50, like kind of the the four, well, 
some of the forefathers of like rap, and uh, they had Kendrick. I know you like Kendrick Lamar. I do love Kendrick Lamar. He got two songs. Eminem only got "Lose Yourself." Yeah, which is crazy because Eminem is like the highest selling rapper of all time. I liked the uh, the whole tribute to hip hop halftime show. I thought it was really cool, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just I wanted more from it. I think it's because it was yeah. like only a little bit yeah. of so many different artists. It's like. If there was just a Kendrick halftime show or just an Eminem halftime show. I think Kendrick should have gotten his own if he was going to do one. Yes. I think they should have taken him out. I think they should have taken 50 out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, have you watched videos of, and I don't know if you have, um, his Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers tour? I have not, but I've out? heard it's, like, insane. It It is some of just, like, if, like every concert that he's done. You, you can look up a whole um, thing of his, like, Paris performance. Right. It's it's like a Super Bowl halftime show yeah. as a full-length, like, three-hour concert. Yeah. It's just, the, the with all the lighting, and he has, like, the guys that are featured on different songs come in. Mm. When they do, um, it's one of my favorite moments of something I've rewatched is uh, for Family Ties that he has with yeah. Andy Keem. That song starts with, with the trumpets. Bah, 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 like, the crowd bah, bah, bah. is, the entire, I've never seen this at a concert, the entire concert is moshing. Oh, that's insane. It, it's so cool. But that's anyway, cool. I wish Kendrick did have his whole halftime show. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. I'm, I don't get to call him by his first name. <laughs> um, you know him. Yeah. It's my buddy Kendrick. But, because he is, he is one of my favorite artists. But Yeah. Uh, well, we can kind of wrap this segment up pretty quick because we've got another big thing to talk about. But yeah. um, I, I like Super Bowl halftime shows. I wish they were better. I like Super Bowl commercials. They're cool. Uh, Maroon 5 sucked, which I hate that because like I actually, their album Songs for Jane, like I love that album. I mm-hmm. love like 2002 Maroon 5, but like Adam Levine sucks. Um, I don't like Maroon 5 a lot. I, I don't like yeah. Adam Levine's voice. I know, I know. I and thought... Wait, there's one thing we didn't talk about for commercials. We didn't talk about the Breaking Bad Popcorns oh, commercial. yes. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I hoped it would be a little longer. I thought, like, because they showed it on Twitter beforehand. Yeah. I thought it was a teaser, but it was, it was like, other than the Say My Name line, it was, like, only season one of Breaking Bad, which, like, that's awesome. I mean, the mm-hmm. Mr. White, we gotta cook. Like, <laughs> that's iconic, but, like, I really hope they were going to have, like, Saul in there yeah. or, like, Gus. It was really funny, though, when he said, say their name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he was like, we have six flavors, and Tuco was like, seven! You make seven! And they're like, okay. It was, I, even as someone who hasn't gotten to watch the entirety of the show, I loved that commercial. I yeah. saw I saw the upload of it on Twitter where they do, like, the full version right, of the commercial. Right, right. But I loved it. It was one of the, like, better it was the only commercial I liked. Yeah, it's the only one I remember. Yeah, really, or um, liked. Oh yeah, but uh, halftime show. Okay, if you could choose like one artist to do the 2024 halftime show, who are you picking? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the person who had a halftime show this year. Uh, I thought long, it was fine. I thought it was fine. Smash Brothers memes. I don't like Rihanna's music, so I feel like that's unfair. Uh, yeah, it feels like. It didn't have a lot of the grandiose, like, I know she's on floating platforms, but, like, they felt hip- like too much of the budget went into floating platforms. Right. Like, <laughs> the the one, la- like, the Dr. Dre one, that was, like, a celebration of rap as, like, a genre from, yeah. like, the 90s to the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Prince and Michael Jackson, like, some of the greatest performers of all time, and they're doing, like, other people's songs. Katy Perry, I mean, I don't even like her music, but she had, like, crazy set pieces yeah. like the giant lion or whatever it just felt like rihanna was like just kind of there mm. well 
she was doing a really good job. Yeah. And I know that I'm biased because I don't love like her music, but it didn't feel like it felt like she was missing a component, which was <coughs> mm, sorry. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, I just realized why it felt like I was missing something because you know who the guest was supposed to be. It was definitely supposed to be Kanye. Yeah, Kanye was 1,000% supposed to be in that show. And there was then... a full pause in that song that Kanye's featured in. Yeah. The Flashing Lights, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. Flashing. Because he, that, it's that's like, a Kanye song. You could definitely feel the moment of, this is where Kanye's supposed to descend on a platform. Yeah. But Kanye West, Kanye Wested this year. Yeah, if, if Kanye West hadn't Kanye Wested, I would say Kanye West should get his own show. I agree. But too <laughs> In bad. terms of just his music Yeah, quality. too bad Kanye West, Kanye Wested recently. Yeah. I think this year... Poor guy. I thought Rihanna help. put on a like totally great show. Mm-hmm. It just... A part of me felt like it was a weird year to do Rihanna. Like, it feels like right, Rihanna's right. kind of like... Um, most time in like the cultural spotlight has kind of gone out, and that she's yeah. kind of uh, yeah. not necessarily in the twilight of her career. She still makes music, but like it feels like Rihanna's past her phase of being like a top yeah. artist. It feels like a more relevant choice would have been like Taylor Swift. Yeah, because she's like, I mean, obviously all the Ticketmaster stuff. I feel like oh gosh, <laughs> it's weird that like Drake. I feel like Drake would have been an easy pick, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's Drake. It's Drake. He's like the most streamed artist on Spotify, I think. I think or so, he's like top yeah. At least. I can't believe The Weeknd got one. That was a really weird choice. Well, you know, The Weeknd is one of like the most listened to artists on Spotify. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I Yeah, I forget how popular The Weeknd is sometimes. I liked that halftime show. I thought J-Lo and Shakira was mid. I know that. I liked that one. It, wh- I'm biased. Why? I had a why childhood crush on Shakira. Okay, that's <laughs> to say. So it was her hips don't lie. I, I'm, they don't. And so that one was like, uh, it was like, yes, Shakira. I've loved Shakira yeah. since she did the song for the World Cup yeah, <laughs> in like 2010 right, right. or whatever. <laughs> I think my problem is I'm biased towards like rock and roll because oh, I'm yeah. so like I'm like, oh, this is American culture. This is a celebration of her history. Like, okay, you think of America. What's the music genre you think of? I think of. Rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm so, which leads me into my point. If I had to choose an artist for next year, I would pick the Foo Fighters. Okay, and I, I mean, would too. <laughs> I, like I'm also very biased with them being one of my favorite. Right, bands. <laughs> right. Same, same. Like I feel bad about that. It would uh, be insane. Rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. I mean, I know that sucks, but they like, could do like Nirvana tributes. Yeah, it would be sick. Well, the the Foo Fighters are also like their shows are known for like they constantly bring out guests. They just bring out people who are like funny. Like there are a ton of videos of like. They would get Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He's a drummer. Like, they would come out and play songs with him. He could play drums for them for mm-hmm. this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Foo Fighters drummer passed away recently. Um, they did, dude. They've did. Uh, they've did. They did immigrant song with Jack Black. <laughs> That's I've seen that video. It. It's amazing. It's awesome. Like they're known for getting guests, and yeah, they have a history. Like Dave Grohl has been in Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, mm-hmm. Foo Fighters. Yep. I'm forgetting one more. Um, but, and I mean this, if you don't know, Jack Black is an incredibly talented musician. Yes, like actually, no joke. It, it's not just like a funny meme. Like, you can listen to some of his music with uh, Tenacious D, mm-hmm. <laughs> like well, his name for uh, like rock music. He has an insane voice, and he's a really good guitar player. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, his range is it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Well, ooh, segue. Right here, I just thought of this. Uh, 
We talked about commercials. I felt like one of the problems with the commercials for the Super Bowl this year is that a lot of them were just movie trailers. Yeah. And there oh, was a oh, trailer. I know where this is going. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mitchell's like raising his hand. Ooh, teacher, pick me. Um, yeah, we saw a movie together recently, Mitchell. And it was. Uh, it was Ant Mid and the Mid Quantum Midia. That wasn't the name. Probably was someone. Someone's probably posted that on social media. It's it's Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, the third installment in the Ant Man franchise. The first movie in Marvel Phase Five. Is it actually? It is the first movie for Phase Five. I thought we were still in four. Wakanda Forever was the end of four, which was kind of a very anticlimactic end to a phase because like it didn't really bring much together. It just felt like they wanted to move. It felt like they just wanted to say they'd made four phases, kind of like how we wanted to say we're we have three seasons of a podcast. Yes, <laughs> uh, but when we do it, it's cool. Yeah, this movie sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, this movie for me towed the line between being decent and slightly less than average. So for me, it, it probably well, sits okay, around okay, okay. like between a forty and a fifty-five percent somewhere in there. Um. What are we doing with spoilers here? We did not talk about this beforehand. Or we, we we'll try and stay spoiler free. We'll try and stay spoiler free. Uh, I, will, I try. I will try to not talk about anything that isn't highly yeah. alluded to or revealed in the trailers. Yeah, and just kind of talk about what I felt about the movie. Rather, than I will what say happened. up front because a lot of people have been t- like a lot of my guy friends have been talking about this movie and like oh you saw because like I. We saw it before most people did. Like, we saw it opening night, I think. Yeah, I think it was. And everybody was like, oh, how was it? Or, like, what'd you think? And I will say this up front. If you want to go see it, go see it. Like, yeah. there there are parts of it that are a genuinely fun watch. And I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like, oh, that was... I was actively, like, wasting two hours. Yeah. Like, I, I would have rather stayed in my room. I wouldn't have. Like, I'm glad that I had the experience of going to see it. That being said... Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is, as much as I hate to say it, it is proof that we are long past the golden age of Marvel. Yeah, it's it's sad to say. And I know that Marvel having an occasional bad movie isn't, like, unheard of. Yeah, like Thor the Dark World. Yeah, there are plenty of duds in Phase 1 and 2, um, and, and 3 as well. But, like, they've become... <sighs> The, the opposite of the expression few and far between. They've become yeah. more and less between. And also the the like bad is bigger. It's not like, oh, this one character like kinda sucked. Like I hate that Quicksilver died in the yeah. movie he was introduced in. Like these movies have big problems and like many. And the them. problems usually Marvel would have duds, but you'd be like, I still really think the overall MCU youth arc yeah. is cool. It's like, like, okay, I just wait for the next movie that's like gonna be cool. Yeah, but now it's like I don't even care about the arc or like how they're developing that right. from movie to movie and they don't even make up for that by making the individual movies awesome. Yeah. It just kind of <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so I guess outside of the overall MCU discussion, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania I'll say things I liked about it first. Yeah, um, we can do that. A lot of people complain about a lot of the VFX in the movie, the CGI. I I never found times where I outright thought it was atrocious or d- I, distracted me from what was going on. I thought there were instances. I thought the backgrounds looked pretty good. Yeah. I thought like the quantum realm itself looked really cool. Like there, mm-hmm. it had a lot of sense of scale and like the. I mean, there were things that were like, wow, that's really neat. I think. 
it feels like they've lost their touch a little bit on how to do single characters yes. CGI. Because, like, there were scenes of, like, uh, Michael Douglas standing in the quantum realm. I also like that we most of the time don't refer to characters. We just refer to the actor. Hank Pym, yeah. Michael Douglas. Yeah. Hank, <laughs> Hank Pym, the ant, that guy. Yeah. Um, like, there are shots of him standing in the quantum realm where it's, like, it really looks like they just threw him in a green screen and put it an does. orange filter on him. And like, he's kind of sitting there like, Mom, I threw up. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people have made visual comparisons of this movie to Spy Kids. Yeah! Which is <laughs> hilarious because it act like there are a lot of shots that do, like, oh, gosh, I can kind of see it. And yeah. that's not what you want from the highest-grossing film franchise of history. Right. Um, so I thought some of that... I thought the movie was funny sometimes like i thought they had some jokes that landed i i, I thought the like, intro was really funny yeah i like the intro i like ant-man i like paul rudd i like who him. doesn't um i i like him in the movie but um and this is set up fairly early in, early in the movie so i don't feel like it's a spoiler i don't like how it feels like every character is annoyed with ant-man and hates him yeah it, that, it doesn't feel very realistic it feels like they marvel just like craps on ant-man all the t- like mm-hmm. the past five movies he's been in, he is constantly getting like dunked on by everyone else and getting like the short end of the stick for like no reason. Yeah. Like Ant Man is one of the least douchey. Like when you have like early Iron Man and like Thor and Doctor Strange, like Captain Marvel, you have a lot of really cocky, like kind of arrogant superheroes. Mm-hmm. Ant Man is like one of the most wholesome, like genuinely fun superheroes. And everyone dunks on him. Like, he's saved the world, like, twice. Yeah. And And, in this movie, they try to have where, like, everyone's complaining that he always, like, uses that. But it never really sets up that he, like, holds it over anybody. Yeah. Because he, like, writes a book about it. But, like, it's a story that needs to be told. Why is it a crime for him to write a book about it? And even then, it felt like that was not the right progression of his character arc. Like, I remember hearing, like, seeing a rumor before the movie came out about, like, oh, the first part of the movie is going to be dealing with how Ant-Man has let the success go to his head. And I was like, that's not right. That's not who Ant-Man is. Mm-hmm. He, like, I get it. They're they're going for like a Napoleon complex thing where like, oh, the guy whose superpowers being small wants to feel big. But yeah. like, that's still not really relevant to like Ant-Man's progression thus far. Mm-hmm. You know, just felt like that wasn't the right move. Yeah, I, I will also say this because it was in... Uh, in the trailer, there's a line where in the trailer where Kang says, um, where like Ant Man's like, oh, I'm an Avenger, and Kang's all like, You're an Avenger, maybe I killed you before. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it just felt like Kang could have just killed them whenever he wanted, and he didn't. <laughs> like, it, it, I, it made it hard well, to believe. Well, that's a spoiler that Ant Man doesn't die. Well, I didn't. Okay, obviously, he's not gonna die. Um, but I don't know if that was obvious. I've, there were a lot of people talking about like, Going against Kang, like he's gonna get waxed. Yeah, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like this Kang comes from different universes where he's gone around. Dude, and Kang is the main villain. He's killed Jonathan Majors, where he's like killed all the Avengers multiple times, and then he shows up and like you expect me to believe his conflict against Ant Man, like just right, Ant-Man. right. It, it, I mean, there's even like I guess now we're just gonna rip off the band-aid so spoilers ahead go yeah. go see the movie come back to this episode um 
Like there is, it defies its own logic. Like there's a scene in the movie where Kang gets pissed off and he starts doing his like hand lasers at people, mm-hmm. and he's like disintegrating people by the dozens in like one fell swoop. And then he uses that same hand laser that like turns someone to a pile of ash. Ant Man just takes it in the chest and walks it off. <laughs> yeah, like he just gets shot and it feels like oh someone just shoved him really hard and yeah. now he's like he's back up and fighting even though he just took a laser. Yeah, that like ripped like, a guy in half. It's never really expressly stated that Ant Man's suit is particularly like resistant. It's no, not, like, made of vibranium or something. He gets punched. Yeah, a lot. And gosh, I have to say what I thought was the dumbest Deus Ex Machina of the whole movie. Can we say it at the same time? Uh, yeah. One, two, three. Ant science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay, so this is a spoiler, but um. Obviously, you know, Kang has this whole thing where, like, you know, there's one of him in, like, all different universes, and they, you know, they kind of have, like, an, an alliance, so, like, he can always, like, come back. He, he talked about that in the end of Loki. Right. Um, mm, hello, <laughs> But I was about to make fun of you for saying, you know, three times yeah. in the same sentence, and that was the Lord just smiting me for <laughs> trying to put you down. Yeah. So, like, you know that after this movie, there's he's going to come back until we, like, kill all the Kangs or whatever. Right. And, um... Hence the name of the phase, the Kang Dynasty. Right. And he gets killed by a bunch of ants who, like, experience time differently. And, like, yeah. they developed all this technology, and now they can destroy his entire city and, like, beat the crap out it of was, him. It was literally like, we're going, oh, no, we're about to lose. Like, everybody's going down. Michael Douglas walks up, and it's like, okay, you remember those ants that weren't at all relevant for any point of this movie? Now they are technological gods. (laughs) They have ant science that's been developing for centuries of their time but hasn't affected us because they experience time differently. Yeah. So now they're going to come and destroy you. It's like, what? Like, even if you had spent the whole movie setting that up, that still would have been a little dumb. And even then they didn't. Like, it was just like, okay, now there are ants that can fight Kang. Mm -hmm. Like, and that, that leads into the problem you brought up. Like, how are we supposed to take Kang seriously as a threat if he's getting bodied by ant science. Yeah. Like, he's he killed Thor. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got whacked He's probably by killed ants. Thor hundreds of times. Yeah. <laughs> Should have killed ants hundreds of times, idiot. <laughs> it, it, it just felt... I feel like Jack Horner could have taken Kang at this point. Uh, yeah, especially if he'd become the master of all magic like he was wishing for. I would love to see a Jack Horner-Kang fight, actually. He would probably beat the crap out of this version of Kang. <laughs> That was weird. To be Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, what took you so long, idiot? <laughs> that he just kills him. Jack Horner's from Puss in Boots: The Last Witch. Go watch it. Um, go watch it. Yeah, go, go watch, watch it. it. I. That was my main problem with the plot of the movie. Is like, it. It just felt like they were like, okay, we need this thing to happen. Uh, invent a solution that makes no sense and was never relevant beforehand. Right. Okay. All the ants kill Kang. So that that was my main problem. Can we talk about the my <laughs> the most iconic part of the movie. Oh, yep, yep. <laughs> we talk about uh, Modoc. We don't talk about Modoc. <laughs> I think Modoc uh, was, was my ironic favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Modoc is the giant floating head dude. 
<laughs> from the comics. There's so many problems. You know what? You go first. I'm going to rant for a little so bit. So MODOK iconically is featured in the uh, Mission Marvel episode of Phineas and Ferb, um, <laughs> where, you know, he's the big guy, and he's the golden guy with the little, like, he's big head, little mm-hmm. arms and legs, and he, like, shoots lasers. Mm-hmm. That's MODOK's what he does. Um, and he's supposed to be, like, this really smart villain, and he's usually a Spider-Man villain, I think. I I'm think not, he's I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, I think he's Spider-Man typically. Um, but you know, these Marvel villains intersect a lot. And so this plot is it's the villain from the first Ant-Man um who got, you know, like Ant-Man like super shrinks him and you think he's got like, you know, like vaporized, but actually he got shrunk down to the quantum realm, but he didn't get like shrunken correctly so his head was really big. And so Kang after he crashes there like takes him in um, as his own, and and designs him as a mechanized orga- organism designed only for killing, or MODOK as an acronym. Yep. And there's a shot where it's like his giant head and like his naked butt is <laughs> just showing to the audience. <laughs> and it's, I've seen that frame sent to me so many times. This watch it made movie. me so um, so angry. But yeah, it's the it's Darren from the first movie. Um, Why? and uh, he's now he wanted Darren back. Yeah, and he's an entirely comic relief. Yeah, um, like even the movie makes fun of him trying to take himself seriously. Yeah, so I at least appreciated that if they were gonna do that, it being a throwaway character, but it just felt out of place in a movie where you're supposed to be terrified of the main mm-hmm. villain. Because like Jonathan Majors is king. I will say probably the best part of the movie. He's yeah. really cool. He's really. Um, for his part, outside of the what the plot does to him, he's intimidating, and he's a, just a really good actor. John, yeah, that's the biggest like benefit of the movie to me. Jonathan Majors, Ant Man did not deserve Jonathan Majors. Like he yeah. killed it, mm-hmm. and it also goes to show. Like I've seen the trailers for Creed Three, which is another movie he's in. Mm-hmm. I'm more scared of him as just like a dude from New York who's a boxer <laughs> than Jonathan Majors is like the world conqueror. Yeah. But he's really cool. Yeah. Um, I loved him at the end of Loki. Uh, I wish Marvel would write better stories that he's a part of, <laughs> at least with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. But he's pretty cool. Yeah. He looks pretty cool. Um, so the, when, so when our theater laughed when that little mask came over his face and it was yeah. blue. It looks kind of weird, but I guess it is, you know, comic homage, so people always think I think that. it was the best way they could have done it. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really know what I would have expected. Otherwise, yeah, but he likes he yeah he looks cool. Yeah, I like how he looks and like when he delivers lines where like he's yeah. trying to intimidate Scott or whatever. Like I feel it. Like yeah, he's good at his job. When he started like force choking people, mm-hmm. like I was like, okay, this. I mean, basically up until the part where they were actually fighting and he like, like Ant Man punches him in the face. Yeah, like and he he like reels back. I mean they they spent like. 10 minutes orchestrating a plot and like doing lasers and superpowers and magic on uh, whatever that one planet was on Thanos. Like, they spent 10 minutes kicking his butt with like all forms of weaponry for a single drop of blood. Mm-hmm. This guy's supposed to be better than Thanos and he's getting rocked <laughs> by Ant Man. Yeah. Like, come on. But it was pretty cool to watch him like hand to hand combat beat the crap out of Ant-Man yes. at times. Especially yes. when, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp both shrink and he's, yeah. like, swatting them away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, so, cool. it's nice to see someone do that because that's always felt like a... They can't keep getting away with just shrink punch <laughs> every time, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I thought that stuff was cool. I thought a lot of the acting in the movie was pretty good. I just thought it was a lot of 
pretty good characters and actors in a badly written movie. Yep, yep, I agree that's how, entirely. That's how I it. So I think the movie was was fun to watch. I enjoyed my time watching it, but mm-hmm. I, I probably won't watch it again. No. Um, and uh, yeah, there's some really good things about the movie. If you haven't seen it and you have some interest in the Marvel kind of movies, I'd watch it. I wouldn't recommend not watching it. It's just go into it with low expectations and just kind of be along for the ride to have fun. Don't go into it as like, I'm about to watch Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man right, No Way right. Home, Captain America Winter Soldier kind of movie. Yeah. It's just, it's it, it, it's a movie yeah. that has some really bad things and some really good things. Yeah, I would say the really good thing is Kang. Yeah. I don't, I don't know much else. Um, I do have a few more issues just real quick. I know we're getting close on time, but I, I just hate MODOK. I just, <laughs> I think my thing is like, who asked for this? Why Why was MODOK a character that needed to be in live action? You know? Yeah. Like, there's such a huge catalog of Marvel characters. There's so many that are already running around. Like, we have way too many characters to deal with as it is. We don't need to introduce more. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a ton more. Like, we didn't need MODOK. Why? Like, who thought that was going to be a good idea? Yeah. The movie definitely struggles, and I think MODOK's a big emblem of that with its tone. Yeah. Is it... It's supposed to be the setup for a very serious villain that's supposed to be even bigger threat than Thanos. And then one of the emotional climax lines is, I'm not a dick. Yeah. Like, his whole character arc is Cassie was like, stop being a dick. It's like, <laughs> I can't. It's that, really funny. It's that's so bad. Yeah. I hate MODOK. Like, he shouldn't have been in the movie, and they took the wrong way to handle him. Like... Why was it Darren? Why would they bring back Darren? I feel like Modoc could have actually been scary if they just kept the mask on and he was like a robot. Yeah. Like Kang programmed him to be a, a organism designed only for killing. Right. And that didn't work. I also, I hated Cassie. <laughs> like, she was so sweet when she was in the young Ant-Man. And now she's like a punk, but we're supposed to like root for her. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I've never I've never felt like a movie was like pandering necessarily, but like Cassie was like protesting and went to jail and then the movie paints Scott Lang as like the horrible controlling father because he was worried about his daughter being in jail. Like mm-hmm. I get it, she's fighting for a good cause. But like why are they making Ant Man the bad guy for being like, Hey, daughter, don't go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she just got a suit. And also, we never talked about how convenient it was that while Ant-Man was shrunk, like, hidden in the van or whatever for five years, she just conveniently invented the quantum realm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's, or, like, made a whole way to navigate. Right. It's when she was like, like, oh, guys, I, I'm i tired of, this is, in like, every more movie that comes out now, it's like, oh, Sorry, I never told any other character about this, yeah. but I've been doing this huge thing. Like, that's the entire plot of Eternals. Yeah. That's um, a lot of things that happen that I don't like in, like, Multiverse of Madness and Love and Thunder and this movie, too. And yeah. some things in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, are that way. Like, stop just saying, like, oh, this whole time I was I was doing this thing and I'm just now going to tell you. Like, it happens with Hope Van Dyne or yep. uh, Janet Van Dyne. Sorry. Yep. Um, yep. Hank Pym's wife. And why would she not tell them? Like, you, yeah. you've watched half of the universe get snapped out of existence. Yeah. At what point would you ever be like, hmm, I shouldn't tell someone about a potential threat? Yeah, and it's like, she spends so much of the movie once they get there 
they're like, tell us what's going on. And she's like, there's there's no time. But there's plenty of time. Yeah. She has so much time where she could talk about it. Yeah. Or just tell them at all, like, yeah, it's this guy named Kang. I never told you. Sorry, I should have. He's really big and scary, and we need to stop him. And you're acti- yeah, you're actively harming your team by not telling them. Yes. Like, inst- because if she was like, oh, there's this big bad guy named Kang who, like, he's a world conqueror, and he's going to try and kill us all, they could have been prepared. But she's like, we've got to watch out for him yeah which it was it was ato steps <laughs> they just keep saying him the whole time and it's like the audience knows it this character knows it it's not suspenseful yeah, he was in the trailer yeah like, he was in every trailer you're trying Why to put are you up suspense to... or yeah. something you've explicitly told us it's gonna happen it's like going into a thor movie and being like hmm i wonder if thor will be in it <laughs> yeah like, it's so dumb they, I... Did, I think my biggest issue they couldn't pick a tone they wanted to be funny and serious you marvel iron man like Who's the biggest Marvel character? It's Iron Man. What's his like main personality? He's smart and powerful, but he's like funny and kind of a douche. Yeah. He's like he's snarky, cocky guy. They rode like Robert Downey Jr. carried that weight of them for so long of being able to be like funny and quippy and like have the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And they've just lost it. They can't do that anymore. Like that was the that was the problem with Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. It wanted to be funny and then also have Gore the God Butcher and have like Natalie Portman dying of cancer. Like, they just... Yeah. I'm not saying that you can only be an action movie or only be a comedy. Right. But, like, you've got to pick one to focus on Mm -hmm. and then have the other, like... Complement that and not take away from it. Right. Like, they need to be an action... Like, an action comedy or an action comedy. Yeah. Like, the only movie... Like, a movie that comes to mind was the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nicolas Cage. That did great. It was an action and a comedy. But, mm. like, Marvel just isn't hitting it like they used to. Yeah. Like, I th- I think back to probably one of their best being Winter Soldier. Like, yeah. when Captain America gets in the elevator with all those guys and he's like, right. before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Like, that's really funny, but yeah. it also is a great it's action it. quip. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, one of the most iconic Marvel quotes now. Yeah. Like, the other day, I stepped into an elevator with you, and I said, "I said that line." <laughs> it's just because it's just really awesome, and it's yeah. like they've they've somehow and I don't. It's know a line it's... that you would drop before Freebird starts playing. Yeah, they've they've lost their touch with that, and I don't think it's my fault anymore. I don't think it's yeah. because I'm tired with it. It just feels like yeah. they're not writing. They don't make the movies like they used to. I, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I want to like I want to know like who on the team is changing. Like, what is the writing staff different now? Like, why is this not working? in the ways that it used to, yeah. you know? And, and I, I think, and plenty of people pointed this out, is they do too much in too little time. Yeah. And that, that wears off on the people that have to write in such time constraints, people that have to do CGI in such mm-hmm. time constraints. Which um, goes to the point, the solution is not add more time. <laughs> Keep, like, make it a movement. Make Marvel movies two hours again. I was mm-hmm. so thankful this movie was two hours. Like, I'm going to go out and make, like, a hot take on film here. Unless you're like whiplash, you don't get to make a movie longer than two and a half hours. Mm. Like Django Unchained, that's a movie that needs to be that long. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood probably needs to be that long. Infinity War, that's like the culmination of like 15 movies of story. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for that to be like three hours. But there is no need for you to go make an action movie that's like two and a half hours. You can do it 
in an hour 45 if you really try. Yeah, unless you are, like, the best action movie ever. Right, unless, then, unless you're, like, the Batman. Yeah. I, I recently watched, and I want to do a Mitchell's niche pretentious film shout-out of the day. <laughs> um, it's not pretentious, but it's this movie <laughs> called RRR. I don't know yeah. if you've heard of it. I watched I, I've it seen other people the other day. Letterboxd. Oh, my gosh. It is is an Indian action movie, and it's it's in Hindi, but you can watch like an English dubbed or subtitled version. And it's it's three hours and five minutes, I think. And it oh is one gosh. of like the greatest action movies I have ever watched. Really? Yeah, it is a kind of movie. I'll have to check it out. Where and I'll be brief because it's not the main subject of the episode. But yeah. like, you watch an action scene, and you're just like, "There's no way they get more ridiculous and insane <laughs> the next scene." And then you're like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> Until the end of the movie, and it's just like that is just ridiculous. Everything that happens, it is yeah, is really cool. It's about um, it's a, I think it's like historical fiction about two Indian revolutionaries before uh, they had independence from Britain. So oh, cool. It's really cool. cool, and like it's always a great time to hate the British Empire. So, <laughs> um, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. It's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Well, I guess concluding thoughts. I was disappointed with Ant Man. Yeah. It's kind of a. It's a sign of the times, you know? I'm excited for Guardians 3, and then after that, I really don't know where my Marvel allegiance lies, mm-hmm. which feels hypocritical. I feel like I've said that for the last three movies. But you, you keep know? watching. I keep consu- I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I keep consuming. I keep fueling Kevin Feige's horrible movie-making habits. You ever heard the expression bug man? No. Uh, being a being a bug man is someone who just constantly consumes the media and defends it just because it's a franchise that they care about. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder sometimes how much of a Marvel bug man I am. There's I Marvel bug men, there's Disney bug men, there's Star Wars bug men, and those kinds of things. I don't feel like we are, though. Like, I know we, we like the franchise, but, like, we do point out what's bad about it. We're not defending it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I Like, I'll watch Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and then say it's a bad movie. Thor Love and Thunder, I'll go on record saying it again, is my least yeah. favorite movie. Wow. I don't, think it's the, I don't think it's the worst movie I've seen, but I will never not mm-hmm. say it is my least favorite movie I've seen. Yeah. Um... Well, I I probably will not say that if there I see a movie I dislike more. Yeah. But currently, so it's it's a broken record to say like you know I want better things from Marvel because yeah. you saw them make because some of the most care. influential movies of my life. We scare because we care. Monsters Incorporated. Yeah. If only their movies were as good as Monsters Inc., <laughs> which is better than their. I would that say Marvel's be, uh Marvel's Inc. Oh my God. That should Monsters be the threshold Inc. for judging movies. Is it better or worse than Monsters Inc.? And Monsters Inc. is an amazing movie. Like Monsters Inc. is probably no joke. Better than any Marvel movie that came out since Endgame, besides maybe No Way Home, and that's where I would wow. stand. Wow. Okay. And okay. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, unless you've got anything else to add. Uh no. Um this 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 episode really uh, hit the uh, cultural relevance out of the park talking about yeah. the Super Bowl <laughs> and be a Marvel. <laughs> a lot of SEO here, search engine optimization. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we hope you have a great day. Absolutely. Go come back to this episode if you were yeah. spoil- spoileros. Um, and go out into the world and do an unnecessary act of kindness today. I like that. I like that. Positive reinforcement. That's, of that's how we should sign off. Uh, but <laughs> as always, I'm Sam. I'm Mitch. And thanks for listening to a Super Bowl slash Ant-Man episode of Club Sandwich. Woo!